Welcome to Sports and Brews with the Boys. Go follow us on Facebook and Spotify and enjoy today's episode. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. This is episode 6, New Year, New Me. During the pod, we'll be drinking on a hard cider by Golden State Cider. Stay tuned to hear our solo cup rating at the end. The new league year began yesterday. We are now officially into 2021. Like we said, free agency started off with a bang. Only one team seemed actually involved in free agency, and that was the Patriots. Yeah, it only took the Patriots three hours to blow their load. $146 million in three hours of 2021, when in the prior 10 years, there was $359 million spent. So almost half in three hours of what they spent in the last 10 years. That's crazy. Yeah, I thought it was pretty insane. When I they mean, started signing left and right. On the last podcast, we all know I had said that I didn't think the Patriots were going to be spenders because historically, like I said, 359 mil over the last 10 years, and they proved me wrong. They went out. Somebody listened to this podcast, took it to heart, and was like, we spend it. <laughs> Messaged uh, Bill Belichick directly. It was like, you better do something. The boys be saying you ain't going to spend. I was on my phone trying to like follow free agency, and literally one after another... All the signings were reporting, and it was literally the Pats this, the Pats that, the Pats this. It was crazy. Yeah, we have that group chat and couldn't send the pictures fast enough to how fast everybody was being signed. It was crazy. I mean, we had Trent Brown and then Cam Newton and then Henry Anderson, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Judon, Mills, Godchalks, Johnu, and then Hunter, Hunter Henry. You could literally keep going on and on. Yeah, like this whole episode could be a Patriots free agency it's not going to, but who do you think were the big ones that were really important for the Patriots? I think the important ones were uh, Johnny. I think Johnny was a big one. Do you think Hunter Henry has more or less of an impact than Johnny does? Less. I think less. I think Hunter Henry's kind of overrated, in my opinion. I think I mean, he's a good tight end if he can stay healthy, but I don't. I think he's overrated. But the problem is, is who's throwing him the ball? Like, I'm not high on Cam Newton as everyone else is. Me either. And now he finally gets his one, his last chance. He signed to a one-year deal. They just built a... I mean, they need a couple more weapons, in my opinion, but they definitely have more pieces than they had last year. And if he can't perform this year, then I think he's done. Yeah, that was my last pick for the Patriots, was them going back to Newton. I thought possibly the Garoppolo thing, possibly another quarterback... Maybe Alex Smith or something, but Cam Newton was not my ideal candidate there. But he came back. He's got Johnny to kind of run the seam, be a vertical tight end, and then he's got Hunter Henry to kind of be a red zone threat. So, I mean, maybe it'll work out for him. Maybe they'll tailor the offense to him this year, and he'll be better off. He's got a lot of um, a lot of talent now. I mean, he's got Kendrick Bourne, who was a good receiver, Aguilar, who had a resurgence in Oakland. From dropping everything in Philly to kind of, you know, going deep and getting some good action in, I almost said Oakland, Las Vegas. So used to them being in Oakland. I mean, I think that team shot themselves up in the division. Last podcast or the podcast before, I had them third in the division. I say they're right there fighting with the Bills now in that top contention. So you think they make playoffs? Um... It's really going to be tough because if they don't win the division, I'm not sure they they make it. 
if they win the division, obviously they're going to um, make playoffs, but it's going to be tough. I think they have all the potential to beat the Bills this year, whereas not even seven days ago I had them third. So, I mean, I could see them like contending in their division and maybe even sneaking into the playoffs, but history, history says that if you're big spenders in free agency, you don't even win a playoff game. Uh, after the Patriots' money splurge, it placed them second in NFL history with the most guaranteed money in a free agency signing period, um, just behind the Dolphins, who spent $147 million lo- um, last year, and they missed the playoffs. Behind them is the Jets, who missed the playoffs, the Giants, back in 2016, who lost in their wildcard game, uh, the Bears back in 2018, who lost in their wildcard game, and then the Jets in 2018, who missed the playoffs. So history says if you spend big money, you're not even going to be winning a playoff game. Those are different teams, different times, I think. I think it might be different this time. But um, ultimately, my question is, what do you think this does for the Patriots? And did you see it coming? Because in the last podcast, I said I didn't think it was going to happen, but it was a possibility with as much cap room as they had. Did you see it as a possibility? Um, well, I'm the one who kind of brought it up with them possibly signing uh, Shaquille Barrett. Uh, I thought that it was a possibility for them to be spending money. I just didn't ever really think that they would go out and spend all this money on all these players. What really shocked me was after the first day, so the second day, they went out and they signed Hunter Henry. That's the one that kind of like blew me away. I'm like, okay, not only did you just go get the best tight end, you went and got the second best tight end also, and they almost got, like, like they actually, like, paid him decent money, too. It's not like they didn't. They paid him the same as John, or just a year less. They're both good tight ends, though. I think Hunter Henry, towards the end um, of last season, I mean, we haven't seen Hunter Henry really show up recently is what I was getting at, but um, I still think he's a really good tight end, and I think in that scheme, I think they've always kind of been a two-tight end team. I think they could run it pretty well. And I think it helps out in the run game, too, depending on who the running back is. I know James White's on um, in the free agency, and I know Sony Michelle's kind of their back. But do you think they sign somebody, or do you think they ride? I think they could look at one in the draft, or they could even look at Todd Gurley. Do you think they look for a quarterback in the draft? I've been hearing things that maybe that's been Belichick's plan all along, is to get cammed for the one year and then... Draft someone to um, sit. Yeah, see where it goes. Where so they're pick they're at pick fifteen and everyone's kind of re- thinking that at least five quarterbacks are gonna go within the top like eight picks. So I don't, I don't really unless a, one of the quarterbacks falls to them, then maybe. But I don't. It's hard to say. I don't see them trading up to get a quarterback, and I really don't see one falling to them. So I really don't think they'll t- end up taking one unless they take one like late in the draft in the later rounds, but I think, honestly, they're just going to ride out Newton. Newton and see what he does and then go to Stidham if they have to and then just kind of wash their quarterback room next year if it's if both quarterbacks don't show up. I mean, they tried to shock the world with all these free agent signings. You don't see them shocking the world again at the draft and trading up? No. What about you? You don't think it's impossible? No. I think it's definitely possible with the Patriots. I mean, you never know with Bill Belichick and all them. I mean... Well, being a possibility is different than being, like, 
like factual, you know, because you can almost say any team, it's possible any team can trade up. It's possible any team can be any team in the NFL, but well, yeah, but I just wouldn't put it past the Patriots not to either like trade up and get someone. Historically, the Patriots are known for trading back. If you look at recent years, they yeah, seem to. Historically, the Patriots also don't spend money, so it's like who knows. And New I get, I get Patriots. that's the point. I get that's the point you're trying to make with that is like, yeah. they just went out and spent all this money, so who knows what they're gonna do in the draft? But the reason why I'm saying is, is all these quarterbacks are gonna go early, and it's gonna, it's just creating so much more value on the draft picks, knowing that all these teams want to come move up for these quarterbacks. I, so, I mean, unless there's a lot of, like, bluffing and stuff going on, then maybe. I think you have to give Newton this year, and if you really prove something, then, yeah, maybe he's your two, three year, two to three-year guy. But never has Cam Newton been, I, in my opinion, a thought as being their franchise quarterback for the, like, the remainder five, seven years. So, I don't, I don't even think he has that many years left in the NFL, so... I mean, maybe the Patriots are just like looking at him as like a bridge, and they're looking at the few like the next season, like possible free agent class of QBs, and they're just kind of building for the next year. I would, if I was a Patriots, and I've kind of last episode, I kind of made some wild like predictions with where quarterbacks would be going, and I didn't really get any of them right. But <laughs> I would. I would kind of look at Gardner Minshew for the Jags. Like, we've seen that they're kind of taking calls on him. They're willing to get rid of him. Uh, honestly, like, he's kind of has, like, a question mark on him. You never know. He has a little bit of mobility, and he has a decent arm. You never know what you could do with him with your own, like, system. Is he better than Cam Newton? I think he's better than Cam Newton right now. Like, Cam Newton just cannot throw the ball. I don't know why everyone's so high on him. Like, don't get me wrong, like, for what Cam is, like he's a beast, but when you can't, when you're throwing motion so busted like that, and you literally cannot throw the ball down the field, how can you play quarterback? I think you have people who have shades of Cam, like they know Cam had MVP form, he went to the Super Bowl, and he played well. Versus Gardner Minshew's never had any of that, so I, I would argue almost that. I'd rather have Cam just for what we've seen his potential can be, whether yeah, he ever achieves that again. All of his injuries. Yeah, and also you got to think too. Cam Newton isn't a backup quarterback. He's not going to accept the role as a backup quarterback. So if his little starting gig with the Patriots doesn't work out, there's no way he comes back in the NFL as a backup quarterback. He won't allow it. He'll just. I think he would just retire. Honestly, I, I think he's got the talent to be a starter somewhere. I just, I don't know. I mean, this is really going to tell with this Patriots offense. They look, on paper, better than last year. And last year, that's what we could have blamed it on, or he could blame it on, was... That's what I'm saying. Like, this year, they have weapons. I mean, yeah, they don't have maybe a number one wide receiver, but they have more than what they had last year. So let's see how well he does this year, and we can, we'll be able to go from there. Yeah, they got him two stud tight ends. He's still got Edelman, Aguilar, Bourne. I mean, he's got enough weapons to succeed, and if he doesn't, I think it's his last year in the NFL. Yeah, well, some people had, as soon as the Patriots are signing all these people, some people were like, oh, like I have them 
up there with the Bucks and stuff, and you have them barely maybe if you have them barely squeaking into the playoffs. I have them barely squeaking into the playoffs, not even getting one win. What do you uh, think about it, Asher? I don't really see him beating out the Bills for the first spot, but I I definitely see him grabbing like a wild card if that offense clicks together, and Cam Newton plays to a decent like top fifteen kind of level. But I don't know about beating out the Bills or being up there with the Bucks. Yeah, you can. Just, the Bucks are I feel like a totally different team with like Brady, and then like Godwin Evans. Gronk and all them. I feel like that's a totally different kind of like team. So I just don't see it being like that. Exactly. I think the Bucks are a completely different team. And with, I mean, the segue is perfectly. The Bucks kept it all together. I mean, they literally have Brady coming back, Barrett coming back, David coming back. They literally put a whole team back that was a Super Bowl winning team. So you're not going to tell me the Patriots are even close to that one. The Patriots, I mean, yes, they're getting a lot of guys back from the COVID and everything like that, which could put them in a better place, but they're not even in the same realm as the Bucks. Are you guys surprised that the Bucks were able to keep the team together? Yeah, I said in the last podcast of the podcast before that uh, franchise tagging Chris Godwin was kind of the end of the run. I thought they prioritized offense over defense and then turns around, they restructure Brady's deal and they end up bringing everybody back. You sent that um, TikTok in our group chat of them all going, coming up to the mic and Bruce Arians yelling, you're coming back, basically, you're coming back. And then it's pointing out everybody. So, I mean, it was kind of cool to see that they seem like they're really united and they're, they're back for another run. Yeah, I kind of I think we all kind of agreed that they weren't going to be able to keep everybody and it kind of shows what we know about the way the cap works honestly, which we don't really know too much based off of some of the predictions we've made. But also like I it feels like some teams are just kind of manipulating the cap more than ever. Like you have, we'll get it into later with the Saints, but you have them signing somebody like Taysom Hill to a $140 million contract, but all years are voidable just to be able to restructure his deal to save cap space. And it just seems all like, it kind of seems like, like there's not a salary cap, but there like is. Yeah. Like it, it seems like there's like a limit to the salary cap, but there's also seems like there's kind of too much manipulation with contracts that don't really make sense. Like you can go in and take this guy's contract and convert it all to signing bonus and make his uh, salary the minimum to where it gives you it frees you up space so it, it to like the average fan it just doesn't really quite make sense in my opinion it was something that was once an eagle secret that the whole NFL has kind of grabbed onto like it's not it's almost like a loophole like I the Eagles we were talking about it did it for a long time before anybody was doing it they would add an extra year and then they'd convert the signing bonus into money for that extra year to where they didn't have to pay it in that year to free up the, the cap. And then now it seems like every single team's doing it. Brady, they did it with Brady, did it with Taysom Hill. They even I, did it with Mahomes, who just signed his deal. They literally freed up $17 million. And everybody's talking about how, 
like the quarterback has to be paid here, blah, blah, blah. And then everybody else is saying, well, if you sign that $40 million Dak Prescott deal, then you don't have money for the rest of your team. Well, now you're seeing quarterbacks are finally realizing that, like Mahomes, and they're like, oh, let's restructure to bring me this guy back so I can, I can have that chance to win the Super Bowl. So how do you think they can fix that? Like, how do you think they can fix the average fan to, like, maybe learn more about it or understand it a little bit better? I'm not entirely sure because it just, at the moment in time, it seems like a loophole. Like, you shouldn't, like, once a contract's set, you should be able to get out of it, but at the same time, you shouldn't be able to add fluff years on to, like, structure the cap. I don't know. It's a very... Like, you shouldn't be able to mess with his salary? Yeah, it's like almost like me going in and Madden editor and then just taking yeah. the years down and, like, oh, I want all my players to stay for the next 10 years. Like, It could also be something even more simple than the way what we're thinking of it. It just seems very odd. We're not a GM or in the NFL to really know what the money logistics of things is. But yeah. to me, it sound, it seems like a loophole that me and you have talked about for a while now that the Eagles were doing it, and now it's coming, taking the NFL by storm, and now it just seems, like, bizarre. Yeah. How bizarre. <laughs> How bizarre. Uh, bizarre. Talking about predictions, um, no surprise to myself, but Aaron Jones back with the pack. Yeah. Gage being a Packer bias. I was one of the people who said we might franchise tag him, but I thought we didn't have the cap to bring him back. Same thing we just talked about. Preston Smith adds an extra year on his deal, restructures, frees up 8 mil. They can get Aaron Jones back. What did he sign for? What was his contract for? Because I know it was extremely team-friendly. It was like four years, and I don't remember the exact money of it. But, yeah, it was team-friendly. He wanted to come back to the pack. The pack obviously wanted him back, and the Why casual. Did they want, according to you, though, they didn't want him back. They they could replace him with AJ Dillon. Well, they could. I think it's very feasible that they could have, but AJ Dillon's not. So AJ Dillon has the potential to be Aaron Jones, but he's not Aaron Jones yet. So I think bringing Aaron Jones back to maybe teach AJ Dillon to fill his role in the next couple of years is going to be beneficial, and that caused. So now it's going to be Jones and Dylan by committee, and Williams gets sent out in free agency. I think he signed with the Lions. I'm not exactly sure. I can't remember the team, but he's already gone in free agency. So, I mean, that's that's kind of what we expected. One yeah, of the running backs was leaving. Do you have the contract? Yeah, it was like a, a signing bonus of like $13 million, and then like the salaries was like pretty much like base minimum for the first two years, and then it gets into the... Then the deal. Then yeah, pretty much into the deal, and then after two years is when the Packers will have to decide whether or not to keep him to pay him. It was like a, pretty much like a two-year agreement worth twenty million, and then after twenty twenty-two, the Packers will have to decide whether or not to keep him with a cap hit of uh, nineteen. So there's million. like an opt-in. Opt so it's like in. on the back end. Yeah. Which well, is, it's like also there's also an opt-in or opt-out for the team. That's yeah. why. Yeah. Exactly. But I feel like he could have got fat money somewhere else. It's kind of weird. Why would you want to? Why are you giving the Packers almost more leverage to either decide to pay you or not in two years? Because well, obviously, what do teams do with running backs when that happens, or even players in general? They release them instead of paying them. Instead of opting in and paying him nineteen million in two years, watch we'll talk about it. They'll they're gonna end up releasing him. He said he actually did get offered bigger, better money elsewhere, but. The Packer Nation is kind of like a bond. A lot of players go there, 
and they don't want to leave. And I think that very could well be Aaron Jones. They know they have Devontae, Rodgers, him. They have a couple core guys locked in. I mean, we lost Lindsley, the center. Now he's the highest-paid center in football over at the Chargers. But, I mean, not a whole lot missing. I think what it is is that you know what you have, so is it really worth going somewhere else and maybe not even getting something better, you know? Yeah, money might be better, but the situation might not be better in it. So I kind of understand it with that point. But he just essentially signed a two-year contract, which honestly, in a time in his career, he might need to might have looked to get paid for like a a longer-term deal. He's been on the Packers for like four or five years now, and we've been to the NFC Championship game two out of those four years. One year, Rodgers went down, and I think I'm pretty sure we missed playoffs. But other than that, like... He's been on a winning team. So when you see winning winning your whole career basically, I don't know why you'd want to leave, you know? Yeah, I don't it should be interesting. Obviously the Packers are kind of like a win now team, so we'll kind of follow that as we go. But the Titans had a couple interesting moves. Um they did actually we did talk about them maybe possibly getting Bud Dupree, which is gonna change their their essentially their uh draft the early part of their draft since they won't really need a pass rusher as much. But they almost washed their entire uh, secondary. They let Jonu go, and they let Corey Davis go. What are your Titans doing, Asher? I think they're, on the offensive side, they didn't want to pay out the big contracts that Corey Davis and Jonu wanted. I mean, Corey Davis had one decent year in his second year. He had like 800 and it was like almost 900 yards. But his first year was kind of like iffy. His third and fourth year, actually it was fourth year was last year. His third year wasn't the greatest. He's kind of had like hamstring problems. And then he finally did good just this last season. But I don't think they that they were impressed with what he has done with the whole organization and his career in Tennessee in general to pay him what the Jets pretty much paid. And then along with Jonu, I mean, he's been pretty good since we've drafted him, playing behind Delaney Walker, coming in and being a bright spot. But I feel like with just the tight ends in general for the Titans, we've had good tight ends. We've had good backup tight ends. We've been being able to develop tight ends into pretty good starters. I mean, with uh, Janu playing on like the line, we were having Ferkser go out and catch passes and he was, he had pretty clutch first down catches. He was, I feel like he was pretty good. I feel like he can definitely take over the spot. But with the defense, with cutting like Adoree Jackson and Malcolm Butler, Kenny Vaccaro, I could, I definitely saw all that happening. Not really much as a, a Dory Jackson since we picked up his fifth year option, but I feel like they're just trying to get a whole new, different type of look on defense because it just wasn't working with who we had. I mean, Malcolm Butler was our brightest corner, but even then he wasn't the greatest. Our pass rush pass rush wasn't existent at all. We had like 19 sacks, and I feel like getting Dupree definitely shored that up. I just see, I definitely saw the whole defense getting a rework for a whole new year. So I'm, I'm definitely uh, glad we got, we cut some of the people that we did. Yeah, but is this the year to like, 
revamp your defense though? Like your guys' team is almost in the is in almost in a win now mode. I get like you guys can, you guys got your pass rusher, you guys let two corners go and a safety, and maybe you can you do believe Christian Fulton is like the real deal and can be your number one. But obviously, you guys are going to have to go get a couple of corners, at least in the draft, or you're going to have to sign some. Um, I don't think the Titans are done by any means. I, they have Mike Vrabel as their head coach. Who I forgot they got Janoris Jenkins, too, which kind of helps. But what I'm saying is your secondary was one of your biggest problems last year, and you didn't really do anything to help it. You just kind of did more to hurt it, in my opinion. Yeah, you saved money, but what were you saving money for? I mean, like, besides paying Bud Dupree a ass ton of money. I, I don't think it was, I don't think we really Johnny hurt. only got a 4 year 50 million dollar contract from the Patriots. Like don't act, let, let's not act like he just got paid 80 million and he's the top tight end in the paid in the league. He's Well, yeah, but like I was saying, we've been able to develop tight ends pretty well. Yeah, like, so let's call you guys a tight end factory like the Eagles want to claim we're a quarterback factory, right? Well, we I mean we uh, we signed Delaney Walker from the Niners and it was like oh who's Delaney Walker he played behind Vernon Davis like his whole career, he came over and became one of the best tight ends in the league and arguably the best Tennessee Titan tight end in history behind like Frank Wycheck, and then we draft John who and like I think it was like the fourth round and all of a sudden he's like a a big uh, top tight end in the league. And then we, I feel like just Ferkser will be able to step in and be good enough. I mean, we also have Jeff Swain. I don't know. I wouldn't really say anything about him, but like. <laughs> he's probably could just be your guys' blocking. Yeah, guy. exactly. Put him as a blocking. Ferkser being having great hands, a good first down chain mover. Yeah, I but think, you guys don't. I'm not trying to. Trying I feel to cut like you we off, didn't. But. Yeah, I feel like we didn't sign him. To the deal he wanted so we can also help the defense. I wish we could have re-signed him. I wish we did. To be honest, he's really good. But I feel like not signing him to be able to improve the defense, I'm kind of okay with. So you guys pretty much minus Corey Davis, minus Jonu Smith, minus two corners and a safety. But it's plus an an elite edge rusher and then plus a mid-tier secondary guy. Is that worth it, in your opinion? I mean, did you see our defense? It was, like, on the field for, like, over half the game because it couldn't get off the field. Yeah, but so now your defense is that much better, you think, in your opinion? Just with with Dupree and Janoris Jenkins. I feel like with Dupree and with the signing of, uh, was it Danico? Yeah, Danico Autry. Danico Autry. I feel like the pass rush will be a lot better than what it was. I feel like the secondary wasn't exactly the problem last year. Like I said, we had 19 sacks, like, all season. That's like I feel like half of the Bucks squad probably had half of our sacks in their own, for their own stat line. So it was like the secondary was covering uh, wide receivers for 10 seconds on the field while the pass rush is sitting there, like, trying to get past Yeah, but like the guys that wall. were covering those guys aren't even on your team anymore. Yeah, I feel like you just your number one corner now is a rookie that didn't even play all of last year. Like he played, but he didn't play all of his games. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but I mean Malcolm Butler had a cap hit of like almost 15 million. Adoree Jackson was on his fifth year option. It was like 11 mil. So I mean, we definitely saved a good amount of money. I feel like they just wanted to go kind of like a cheaper route. 
maybe draft someone. I feel like I feel like we're definitely gonna sign somebody else. If not, we're gonna draft someone. I can see what the Titans are doing. The Titans, we know they're gonna run the ball. We know Derrick Henry's gonna get his touches. So therefore, they're probably gonna lean on the run more than ever this year, losing receiver, tight end, and Mike Vrabel was a middle linebacker or an edge linebacker his whole career. So you you know he's gonna bolster the defense. And he's going to bolster the uh, bolster the edge rush, pass rush in general. I don't think they're done on defense. I think they're going to maybe grab another corner or a safety somewhere, maybe draft it. I think they're going to try and bolster the defense and then just ride out the run game. I know we're going to give like grades and stuff like at the end of free agency, but I just I'm not like a huge fan of what the Titans are doing, honestly. I mean, besides like let's not. Let's not talk about the D- Bud Dupree thing, which was their big hit, and I, I do agree with that. But, I mean, I get, like, not paying Corey Davis because, like I said, the Jets were going to overpay somebody, and they definitely overpaid Corey Davis. They almost guaranteed his entire contract. It was, like, a three-year, $37.5 million, and they guaranteed 27 of it. But I think Johnny Smith, it, that topic can kind of relate with the whole Aaron Jones thing with the Packers. Like, the Titans aren't going to realize what they miss until – He's gone, and don't get me wrong. I could be, I could be totally wrong. Like Ferkser could come in and catch a couple touchdown passes, like what Johnu does, but I just don't see it happening. <laughs> I think that I'm gonna make a crazy prediction here, which I try to do every podcast, even though like nobody really listens to half of them. <laughs> I don't see the Titans being in playoffs next year. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I think I feel like their division's getting better, and I feel like they're like. I mean, I get they just paid Derrick Henry, and they just paid. Uh, they like they have money tied in with Tannehill, so they kind of kind of have to balance their roster out a little bit. But I I I'm keeping Johnny Smith, and I'm gonna go draft a, a young edge instead of paying Bud Dupree eighty million dollars to come in. So who's winning the division? I got the Colts. My man Carson Wentz going gonna take that. Carson Wentz bias. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think the Colts need to go out and get. They need to go out and overpay um, Kenny Galladay. But that the Colts defense is hands down better than better than Titans defense. I think I think you don't really see what our team has done with drafting edge rushers. I mean, I I I can't even like explain it. So it's like we drafted like Kevin Dodd like four years ago, just dog. Well, the Titans are kind of like the Titans are kind of like the Eagles with drafting. Honestly, like I've seen you guys have drafted Jake Locker, Corey Davis didn't really pan out. How many wide receivers have you guys taken early that don't really cut it, you know? That's the same with the Eagles. Like, I'm literally scared to have the sixth overall pick because I know Howie Roseman's going to fuck it up. Yeah. I, our so why, rushing drafting has not been the greatest. Like, our best has been Harold Landry, and I don't think he, I'm pretty sure he hasn't cracked, like, 10 sacks in his whole career so far. So it's like, I can see why you would say, like, oh, just go draft someone, but it's like, we have not been the greatest at drafting, like, edge rushers. So it's like... If you go get someone who's proven to be pretty good, I feel like I'd rather take that than trying to hit on a rookie in the draft. So it's like, I can definitely still see us taking somebody, uh, taking an edge rusher. I can definitely see it Back, in the first just two Just a lot rounds, of money maybe. tied up into one player. Like, I just don't like paying free agencies that high. I've witnessed it with the Eagles. Like Yeah, but sometimes you have to. I get you have to, but damn, bro, $80 million? Like, Back. Back to that offense for a minute. I wanted to touch on this. So you guys lose uh, Dennis Kelly, but you guys are going to get Taylor Luan back this year. 
do you think there's a chance that offensive line can produce another 2,000-yard season? Or I think producing a 2,000-yard season is hard in general. I mean, if you look at the Cowboys' offensive line the past, like, five years, I mean, they haven't even had a 2,000-yard rusher. So it's like, I feel like it all depends on, like, the game plan in general. But I wouldn't really say a 2,000-yard, but i definitely say, like, maybe a a league-leading rusher again, more than likely? I think, and this might be a hot take, I'm not sure I'm going to take Derrick Henry in fantasy this year because I think they're just going to stack the box. What do you guys have weapon-wise to... They stacked the box this last year. He still went for 2,000 yards. I mean, not as much. like 1,500 yards after contact. Yeah, he's a beast. He's going to stiff arm and truck people. But you start getting big guys down there, and you're going to stack the box even more and force Tannehill to throw it to Ferkser. And, I mean, you got A.J. Brown still, but who else? Like, who is he throwing the ball to? This is where it comes down to, like, because I'm on your side. I totally agree with you, Gage. It's Jacob's a Titans fan, so he knows his team in and out, right? He watches their games. He know he has faith in the backups, right? Yeah. We we like the starters. We rode Johnny Smith all year last year in fantasy. Yep. Right? But... Like so, it's gonna it's gonna come down to how well Ferkser does, like we're saying, because that letting Johnny Smith is gonna be more, is I think is gonna be a bigger deal than them signing Bud Dupree. Them letting Johnny Smith go is gonna be a bigger deal than them signing Bud Dupree. Yeah, because the Titans like their Titan are their tight ends. We've seen this year after year. They throw the ball to the tight ends a lot. Johnny was pretty steady for us last year. That's what it felt like, anyways. He had two touchdowns one game. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. I mean, he put up... Well, he wasn't a big yard guy because they're pounding the ball all the way down the field. He's yeah. a, or getting big chunks with A.J. Brown. He's a red zone threat. Exactly. And, and I, you don't have Corey Davis on the side with A.J. Brown or Adam Humphreys in the slot. So you're going to double team A.J. Brown in the red zone. You're going to stack the box against Derrick Henry. And then you're going to double team Ferkser. It's like... I or mean, even have a linebacker on Ferkser. It's also easier said than to be done. I mean, Derrick Henry could just blow people away and beat that stack in the box. But in theory, it sounds like an easy offense to stop, right? Well, you don't... I wouldn't say stopping Derrick Henry is easy at all, but you don't... In my opinion, you don't want your whole offense being relied on Derrick Henry to bull rush through every single guy on that defense, you know? You want a little bit of versatility, and you want to be able to throw the ball down the field because we've seen in some games where... They were getting uh, Derrick Henry was getting stopped. They were having a little bit of a hard time getting the ball down the field. How many yards did he have in that playoff game? They stopped Derrick Henry. The rest of the team didn't really mesh well enough. And that's what we kind of like. That's what we are last seen with is Derrick Henry not getting his yardage, and the Titans not being able to throw the ball. And they lose two guys on their offense, but they gain an elite pass rusher, which. The way we're seeing it is the offense is probably what needed the the extra. I mean, the 2,000-yard season, so I'm not going to say the offense needed like this f- fantastic boost. but I think they needed to keep the guys that they had on offense, and then I think they needed to bolster their defense with the draft. I think that's how they needed to do it. I think they need to build the draft with the young guys. And I get that Asher doesn't have any confidence in them drafting young weapons in the draft, but... Sometimes, like we've said before, the draft is the way to build your team. Um, 
But like I said, I don't honestly I don't see them making the playoffs and another team I don't see making the playoffs is the Saints. Yeah, the Saints with Drew Brees retiring, I mean, we can officially say it now. Drew Brees retires and Jameis Winston's going to be the uh, quarterback there. I called this back when it happened in that playoff game. You saw him throwing it with Brady's kid, had tears fighting back when he was walking out of the stadium. I mean, you could tell then that he didn't seem like he was coming back like it was his last ride. And he was in Winston's ear saying, this is your team now. And it's kind of a, kind of a big deal. So it's going to be Winston's team for the next year. And they definitely cleared cap heck. They cleared cap like really quick though, honestly. Yeah. They were so far. They cleared cap faster than the Eagles did. And the Eagles had like, I mean, I think we had like 40 million less than they had to clear. But I mean, this, that goes right back into the conundrum of Taysom Hill, 140 mil, four years when three years are avoidable. And that, that frees up cap pretty quick. What do you think the Saints like? like three-year plan is I mean they're gonna obviously they got they gave Winston a one-year deal him and Taysom Hill are gonna battle it out next year but like where do you think that team team goes from here I mean obviously at right when you lose your franchise quarterback it doesn't really seem like a bright future but they're in a Patriot spot for me you have to ride out the quarterback so Cam Newton in New England um Winston in New Orleans, I think if Winston can get back to his Bucks year where he was throwing TDs and he can bring down that interception number, that's the number we're all worried about. If he can do that, he's got Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. He's got weapons around him and places to go with the ball. I think he could possibly bring that team to a higher level. I mean, not higher than Drew Brees, obviously, but I think he can keep them in contention if he plays back at that level. But that's the question right now is, is he going to play at that level or is this just going to be a one and done till they till the next guy, you know? I mean, Winston had Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I mean, you can say like Adam Humphreys when he was on the team, but he also had like Ronald Jones and he had OJ Howard and all those. So it's like, he still didn't really do anything with that team outside of putting up 4,000 yards and 30 interceptions. 5,000 yards. 45,000 yards and 30 interceptions. So it's like... He also had the same amount of touchdowns, though. I mean, he's getting the ball in the end zone. He had an eye, he had an eye problem. He went and got eye surgery. I don't know if that's the, the excuse. but the reason why he's throwing interceptions, though? I mean, it's if the way he sees the field. Like, I get with your eyes, it. right? Yeah, but, yeah, the way you read plays and, like... He's, like, literally being careless with the football. I think Winston's going to be eating some W's, just like the finger thing, like he always does. And I think he's going to keep that team in contention. It's not going to be anything overbearing, like, wow, look at Winston, MVP numbers. But he's going to do enough to... So is he going to be like Kirk Cousins? Yeah, I would, I'd put him in that category. But at the same time, so that's the ceiling. The floor is you start Taysom Hill halfway through the season. Yeah, but in my opinion, Taysom Hill isn't a starting quarterback in the league. I mean, yeah, they get dubs because that team was so stacked. Obviously, we've seen their $106 million over the cap. But, like, I don't – I think the Saints are in a decline right now, which is going to be weird for all of us to see because the Saints have just been so good for so many years. 
what do you think their ceiling is and what do you think their floor is? Ten I think wins. their ceiling, yeah. I think their ceiling's 10 wins, like Jacob said, and I think their floor could be like four wins. Do you think oh. we see Taysom Hill starting at some point this season? or? Oh, for sure. I feel like they can swap him in and out every game. Do you think there's definitely going to be packages specifically for Taysom this season? For sure. I, know I, don't, like... see that, I don't see um, Sean Payton like changing the offense really anything. I just... They gotta they gotta stay healthy on the offensive side. They gotta bring in a couple more weapons too. Like Drew Brees didn't have anyone to throw the ball to because Michael Thomas wasn't healthy on the field. But all they have is Jared Cook, and now he's gone. Yeah, but we also seen how immobile Drew Brees was, and how his arm was just gone the la- that last game. We also see Kamara putting up six touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, I mean that offense has weapons. They definitely lost some of them, though. They don't have Sanders back. They don't have Cook. So, I mean, they only really have Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara now, so. Um, there's, um, Smith, and there's a couple low-key guys that could hit, but, That's like yeah. the Packers. It's like, oh, we got Valdez, Scantling, and Alan Lazard, but they're so hit and miss. It's like, yeah, I would, I that's really a whole, trust them. That's a whole other topic. I, uh. I really wanted us to make a run at, like, um, Rodgers in the draft or Randall Cobb, same type of guy. But uh, I don't know what the Packers' decisions are going to be heading forward. I mean, we're only in date, like, two of free agency. All of the trades just officially went through today or yesterday. So all the trades that have gone through are finally happening. So, I mean, that's going to be... A whole other conversation. Something that's not a surprise, though, is that Ryan Fitzmagic is still in the league. We knew it was we knew it was coming, right? We knew he was going somewhere. Yeah, he tweeted out that he wasn't gonna retire. That it kind of like lit a fire under his ass, and he was excited to come back. Yeah. But the team he signed with was kind of a bit surprising for some. But she signed with Washington. I mean, they're his ninth team. They're his typical system, in my opinion. I think he's like a Alex Smith who they had. He's like a Kirk Cousins who they had already. He's not going to wow you with his legs, but he's got a good enough arm and good enough reads to win ball games. It's it's whether we see Fitz magic or if we see some of those times where he's throwing multiple interceptions and just piss poor. But I'm hoping, I really hope we see Fitz magic. I would like to see it. Does that put them any higher in the division? No. I mean, their defense is pretty solid, but offensively I would have liked to have seen, I don't know, something else. Fitzmagic doesn't seem like the... Well, I kind of made. I kind of brought up the point about where that team is with quarterback. It's, you don't really know where they're at with signing Heineke, and we kind of talked about maybe bringing in Cam Newton. I feel like bringing in Fitzpatrick um, is almost the same as bringing in Cam Newton. Like, you're giving your team a little... Weird two-year two window that doesn't quite make sense. You're not really building for the future. You think your team's good enough to win a Super Bowl now, and all you need is a little is a quarterback that can make decent throws. I just don't really understand it. Being an Eagles fan, like I'm not going to root for Washington at all, and yeah. honestly, I hope they don't get any wins next year. But with the that ca- just doesn't make any sense. With the Cowboys extending Dak, I think everybody in that division – has to like take the win now approach because that division's up in air and then 
They brought back Dak, who is probably going to do something. He's always been kind of a upper quarterback. I mean, he hasn't done too bad in his time in uh, the Cowboys. So I would definitely think it's a win-now mode for everybody in that division. And signing Fitzmagic is maybe like a win-now move, but at the same time, it's kind of like, like you said, a weird gray area. Like, is Taylor Heineke going to start next season? They're going to draft a quarterback. They're just hoping to find Winston in free agency next year or somebody else. Like, Honestly, we could be like a lot can change after the draft because you can see some of these players um, or some of these teams moving up and like taking a quarterback, which would change everything. So it should be interesting. I feel like what we can go back and kind of hear what we talked about previously about certain teams and where they're at. And I feel like a lot of teams are going to be at a different spot uh, come after the draft. I think also all of the free agent quarterbacks we had listed before this podcast all signed pretty much one-year deals. So they could be on a new team next year in the same exact boat, same exact conversation we're having this year, we could be having again next year. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Yeah. Uh, we kind of saw the Raiders. They are making some interesting trades. They were going to release Rodney Hudson and then – ended up trading him to the Cardinals for a third pick, third round pick. But then they also went ahead and traded their guard away too. So I'm not really sure where what the Raiders are what their approach are with uh trading traded, away their offensive line. They traded their center guard and tackle, right? Cuz didn't they trade their tackle to the Patriots? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they got rid of three linemen. Three of their five offensive linemen they traded away. When they have Jacob says you're like star running back. Like, what are you? Are they just that confident in the draft? I, I Maybe don't they know. Plan to go get somebody. Well, yeah, but you can't really predict where linemen are gonna fall in the draft. You know. I mean, they have a good shot at a lineman, but they don't have a good shot at three linemen. I mean, like that just. I probably won't be taking Josh Jacobs in fantasy next year. <laughs> honestly. I mean, we. We had him this year, and it just kind of was, I don't know, it's depressing. It's like hit or miss. Yeah. It's like hit or miss, yeah. And I don't know that – I would take Derrick Henry over him for sure. Um, I mean, they did save a lot of money, though, with the moves they made. But I just don't – if you – maybe they have guys on their team that can replace them, but – or they want to get younger at line. For sure. I think the Cardinals got lucky by getting Hudson. I think that's a huge deal – for a team that's already just had, you know, I mean, they got Hopkins the year before, they got Watt this year, they have Kirk now, possibly Fitzgerald if Fitzgerald signs back. They have just a plethora of receivers now. And AJ Green. Yeah, that was the one I was looking for. I couldn't, it was on the tip of my tongue. But yeah, AJ Green, I mean, they're just missing a solid run game. And if Kenyon Drake can get a couple blocks and free up some space, he's not even on the team. Yeah, he just signed with the Raiders. Oh, did he? Yeah. Who's the running back right now? It's uh, Trey Edmonds? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I said Kenyon Drake. I was thinking Trey Edmonds the whole time, but uh, flip-flopped. But anyways, yeah, Edmonds wasn't a bad back, and I think they were missing just some line play because Kyler Murray is constantly scrambling, scrambling, scrambling like your Mahomes guys. And Well, Hudson's a good center for running the ball. That's what he's really excellent at. Exactly, and I think that'll open up the play action some more. So I think that's definitely what the Cardinals needed with the weapons they have. They're just missing a solid run game to free up more space. Do you guys know 
Do you guys understand what the Bears are doing? Because I don't. No. I think... I think their fan base is kind of, like, pissed off right now. You see all these reports about them being in with Russell Wilson and then them being in maybe with Carson Wentz or them being in with Deshaun Watson, and then they go sign Andy Dalton. So what I'm hearing, and I don't know that this is true, this could all be just fantasy, but the Bears didn't want to, or the Seahawks didn't want to trade with the Bears because they need a quarterback. And the a quarterback has to be a part of the deal. So basically, everything the Bears were offering didn't mean shit because they didn't have a quarterback to give Seattle in the process. Now, could a deal happen now with Dalton? I don't know if Seattle wants Dalton. I don't know if that fits their offense. It would still have to Nick Foles in the in the trade. So I mean, it's like. But Dalton's better than Foles. I mean, I think that I don't think Dalton's better than Foles. I I think so. But so so the point I was gonna make originally was I was telling Jacob this: What's the difference between four wins and seven wins? Still missing the playoffs either way. They're not gonna only get seven wins. So you could have rocked out with. Trubisky at four wins or six or whatever. Well, a lot of people are high on Dalton over there, honestly. Like, they think the defense is good enough that they they can win, like like you said, a seven wins or up to that ten win area. I d- I'm not high on him at all because I seen what he did with the he I seen what he did with the Cowboys offense and it wasn't too impressive. He but, didn't do that bad though with him. But what weapons do they have in Chicago? Allen Robinson. That's it. They're Al- shopping their other wide receiver. Yeah, Mooney is getting ready to leave, so, like, we're... No, not Mooney. No, Miller was Miller, what it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're shopping him because they, like, darn out Mooney more. Yeah. So you have Mooney and Robinson. What David I think... Montgomery, Tariq Cohen. What I think this... That's a, those guys aren't impressive. Yeah, But no. what, what I think... What I think this signing of Andy Dalton is... Is that it keeps your... It keeps your hopes open of still acquiring Russell Wilson... Like, let's say that the Seahawks aren't winning games next year. Everyone's still talking about them possibly trading Russell's, and after each time they lose a game, he's not playing that well. Um, before the tread de- tread, trade deadline hits, the Bears um, go all in and send them an offer. It's going to be a different kind of offer than it is now because the Seahawks are kind of waiting and they're kind of losing their leverage. But the Seahawks might be more inclined to just finishing out the year tanking and uh, kind of restarting. That's what I think the signing of Andy Dalton is with the Bears, is that it sets up maybe their move for Russell Wilson. And it's not so much of they think Andy Dalton's the guy. I mean, as a Packers fan, let, let me share some bias here. I'm glad Andy Dalton went to the Bears. <laughs> I, I That does not make the division any more competitive. I don't yeah, but think... I feel like Andy Dalton's is just as good as Trubisky. That's what I was saying. What's the difference between four wins and seven wins? Because I think Trubisky's only going to get you four wins. And if Dalton gets you seven, you still miss the playoffs. So, just more money. I mean, I don't know the logistics watch him, of it, but... watch him dot up the fucking <laughs> Packers, dude. I was going to say that. I mean, oh maybe, but God. I don't think so. It's going to be great. I hope we can come back to this podcast and I can just tear you guys up. <laughs> I mean, your, all your predictions so far have been whack, so... Not, not all of them. <laughs> just about all of them. What do you guys think... Um, we got one more topic and then we're going to get into our beer rating, our solo cup rating, but what do you guys think all these short-term deals mean for next year and the years to come? 
I think we're going to be talking about a lot of the same things next year. There's going to be spots, New England, uh, Washington, where we're still just one-year guys. We're like, okay, so the season's over. What are you guys doing now? Are you going to sign them for another year? What's your plan for the future? I think for those teams, probably, yeah. But I think for a lot of the one-year signings, I feel like because of the salary cap going down a little bit, I feel like they're expecting it to maybe go back up next year. So they're like, oh, I get a bigger bag next year. I mean, you have to perform to get the bigger bag, so. Well, yeah, but, I mean, a lot of them did perform. They're just like, oh, So do you guys see. think it's more of the players pushing the shorter contracts, or do you guys think it's the teams? I think it's a little bit of both, because if I'm the player, I'm not going to play for this four-year like mediocre contract. I'm going to play for one year, prove myself, and then get the big bag. So, And then teams are also in that same spot. They're like, I don't want to pay you four years big contract or something. I would rather just pay you one year, see what you can do, and then we have no ties to you after that. It's if you did good, all right, we're going to hold on to you. If you did bad, fucking there's the door. So, I mean. Yeah, I kind of I kind of see what you're saying. I can I I agree with that too. I mean, it leaves the door open for plenty of possibilities by signing it one year. Cuz you don't like them this year, you did shitty, you turn around and draft a quarterback or somebody's going to be open in free agency and you give them a try and then what I don't I what I just don't understand is all the short-term deals for like quarterbacks because how can as a franchise how can you go in saying this guy might not be our franchise quarterback and he might not get us to the point where we where we want to be but we're okay settling with x amount of wins how can you like go in every year saying we're okay not making the playoffs well i mean if like i can see like obviously like teams with like no talent whatsoever so do you, if you're that. the Bears GM, do you really believe Andy Dalton can win you guys a Super Bowl? Because you need to go in every single year figuring out who do I need to get my team to the Super Bowl, right? I think or if a, you're not trying to win the Super Bowl, then what's the point of that season? I think GMs are always going to be that cocky or overconfident that they're one guy away. So I think they think that their team can develop and make the right moves and I don't see Dalton as the playoff guy. I don't see it happening. But they obviously see that. There's no, like you said, there's no reason to make that move unless that's what you're thinking. Or they just didn't have anybody and they're like, screw it, we'll just sign Dalton to a one-year deal and figure out our team later. But you're all, but then you're wasting like Khalil Mack. And if you're going like to waste that, a year, yeah. why not do it with Trubisky? Because he the fan base, bro. That fan base is done with Trubisky. I don't see the Bears really tanking because like that defense is so good. So it's like they don't have to tank. They're it's gonna their offense gonna be so bad that they're not gonna win any games. And then Nagy's I don't think gonna, it'll be as bad as Matt Nagy's gonna get fired halfway through the season, and then they're gonna wash the everything. Watch. Yeah, it's gonna be. Or they'll go trade for Russell Wilson, and then we we're talking about this before it the might pod. Be a different story. That the Bears are gonna lose this year. And it's going to be a complete rebuild from the ground up next season. New coaches, new quarterback. I, I think that's personally maybe what's going to happen. And maybe that's what the GM's expecting. So he's like, we'll just give me a quarterback for one year, and then we'll figure out everything else after that. I mean, and 
That's one way to look at it. Because that's kind of how you have to kind of look at it when you miss so bad in the draft, you know? You're trying to go trade for Watson, who you could have drafted. You traded up and you could have drafted Watson, but you took Trubitsky, who is no longer on your team anymore. Could have even had Mahomes. Wasn't that the same year? Yeah. You could have had Mahomes. You literally traded up for Trubitsky, and you missed out on these all these other great Two quarterbacks. quarterbacks? Yeah. That's just some teams, though. It's like... That goes to the scouting department, though. You watched Deshaun Watson play in the big games. And what big games did Trubisky play in? I mean, he just didn't. And they still let the hype of Trubisky sliding up the draft board, sliding up the draft board, get into their heads, and then they were like, yeah, we're taking him. And then they took him. It was like, there was other guys there that didn't necessarily have the hype who played bigger games, played better. So it was just kind of, I don't know, dumb on the Bears' part. But, I mean, it's like teams passing on, like, A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf let them go to the second round, and then they draft all these other ones where it's like they haven't performed at all. Oh, the Eagles, you mean? <laughs> are you talking about the Eagles? No, I'm talking about, like, That sounds exactly like the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles are part of Who it, we but just there's, like, other teams. We could have D.K. Metcalf and Justin Jefferson on the same team right now. And you know who we have? J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and Jalen Rager. Yeah. 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 I think you're talking about the Eagles. <laughs> Not only the Eagles, but yeah, they're a part of it. My God, <laughs> that's why the draft is so important to hit. Right. I mean, there's gonna be a lot this year in the draft, and we're talking about doing a draft live. I mean, might as well say it here. We're talking about doing something like that and commentating or giving like kind of our opinions on the draft, and I think that'll be real cool to see where if we end up seeing those six quarterbacks or five quarterbacks in the first, you know. X amount of picks. Yeah. Yeah. So. I just want to say this. Uh, you you switched topics pretty quick earlier. Uh, John o. Smith had 41 receptions for 448 yards, and then Ferkster had 39 receptions for 387. He was only a yard over. Yeah, but I what I said was that John o. Smith might not be your yards guy, but John o. Smith is your red zone guy. You might have missed me talking about that when you're looking up your stats, boy. No, I didn't. How many touchdowns did Ferkser have? One. How many did Johnny have? Eight. Okay. So, I mean, we have A.J. Brown. He's a red That's all threat. you got. It's going to take you guys getting a Juju or a Galladay or somebody else before I fully commit to that offense just being... I, I can easily see us definitely signing one of those. I don't see Galladay. I haven't seen us link to him at all, but I've seen well, Why us... would you pay Juju and not Corey Davis? Because Corey Davis hasn't performed. Yeah, but every Juju's year gonna be out. a lot more money. I'm not saying at the same contract because obviously they're not gonna be the same contract. You're not gonna pay Corey Davis the same as you're gonna pay Juju. I mean, if they haven't signed, they're gonna sign for something. So why would you go pay Juju but not pay Johnu? Like I said, Johnu's your like your number one, number two option on your offense. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gage doesn't seem to like the cider, so let's just jump into the. <laughs> Let's just jump into the Red Solo we'll, Cup rating. Yeah, we'll start off with Gage. What, what, uh, predict or give your rating over there with that face. It tastes like a wine to me. It's very tart. Like I almost taste like a grapey taste. I don't know. I was not my. It's an apple driven cider. Yeah, you taste a grape. Yeah, it tastes like warm. Yeah, I can see that. It, I mean, you you haven't drank it. Yeah, because I took a couple sips in the beginning of the pod, and I was like, you know what. I'm not gonna justify my rating till I like right at the end, but as I, you also don't really like drink cider though. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I like Red's Apple or stuff like that. 
which is a apple beer, but this didn't taste like an apple beer. It was like a tart. Well, it's it's berry. mighty dry, and it's six point three percent, so it's gonna be more than a beer. And then it's champagne yeast. Yeah, it, it says it's a hundred percent fresh pressed West Coast apples with champagne yeast. So I think it's supposed to taste more like that little that champagne wine taste. Yeah, I'm I'm not not the biggest fan of it. I'd give it like two to two and a half cups. I mean. Not so like, what I rated the that nitro beer last week? Yeah, you I thought, said three. I thought no, I oh, said no, two, and two and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I you, wasn't a fan. It was of that. three and then three and a half. Yeah, I but looked, it was pretty. That was pretty smooth. But I like the nitro much better than I liked this one. Not to compare them because they're completely different beers, completely different categories, different brewing companies. But yeah, this one was just not my favorite. I would not probably wouldn't purchase it again. I mean, <laughs> just not. I personally like cider beers. I feel like if you like cider beers, you're kind of. It seems like you're kind of girly. I don't know, but I'm. I've always been a fan of them just because like, they they got that sweeter taste, flavor. Yeah, something more. I'm more inclined to. Um, and also they're higher content alcohol. It gets you messed up. Yeah. Um, I personally rate this a. I personally would rate this like three and a half four stars. Or cups, we should say three and a half four. Solo cups. I was a fan of it. I was afraid with it saying mighty dry that it was going to be really, really tart. When it was cold, like, it was really crisp. And it was easy to drink. Maybe in... You shouldn't let it... Warm up. Warm up according to Gage. Because you might be drinking wine. (laughs) But, yeah. Three and a half, four cups, maybe. I think more in that three and a half, 375 range. What about you, Jacob? Um, I'm right there with Bean... I've liked the ciders a lot more than, like, regular beer. I just, the regular beer taste, like, I can't really get over. I just, not a big fan of, but, like, ciders, I've always seemed to, like, kind of, like, gravitate towards them, so I definitely like this one a lot. I'd probably even give, like, a three and a half, four stars, or stars, we keep saying stars, cups. (laughs) Little cups. (laughs) I definitely liked it. So next week on our beer, we have the... Dead Guy Ale by Rogue, suggested by Jennifer. And I'm interested. More people should, if you've been following the podcast, go let us know what beer you want to try. We finally found the, um, we finally found one of the beers that someone suggested, and we're gonna, we'll do our best to go find your beer and give our rating on it. Let you know how what we think about it. And I'll generally let you know where we can get it as well. We got this one at Aurelia's as well. I got the Dead Guy at a Bevmo. So. Um, just in the future, comment on our post like Jennifer did, and we'll try your beer on the podcast. Uh, just stay tuned for the next episode, and we'll catch you on the next one. Deuces.